Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. This show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And this morning, we have a topic that we are certain you are going to find interesting. My colleague and I are going to be talking about brain-building nutrition. That's an interesting statement, isn't it? It is. Brain-building nutrition. So we are hoping to give you some insights this morning about how you can develop the ability to change who you are. Now, there's something to think about. You have the ability to change who you are, to change how you think, to change those dark, depressing thoughts, to change your level of anxiety, to change your focus, to change how well your memory works, even to change your obsessive compulsive thinking. If you haven't recognized my voice yet, I'm Cassie Weenus. I'm a registered and licensed dietitian. And I've been working with clients on their nutrition and on their brain health for the past 20 years. Now, back more than two decades ago, when I first started my training in nutrition, we didn't know that we're able to actually keep our brain regenerating and growing throughout the life cycle. Back then, we thought that our brain stopped growing when we became adults, but The great news is today we know that through good nutrition and some exercise, we can positively influence our brain health when we're young, when we're middle-aged, and into our golden years. So today on Dishing Up Nutrition, we're going to explore how you can use nutrition to develop the ability to change who you are. So if you're somebody struggling with memory problems... If you have ADHD or if you have a child with ADHD, if you have obsessive compulsive disorder, also called OCD, if you're depressed or your anxiety is out of control, please stay close by the radio for the next hour. And joining me in studio today as my co-host is Joanne Rideout. Joanne is also a longtime registered and licensed dietitian. And I think it's important to note that before coming to Nutritional Weight and Wellness, Joanne worked at the Courage Center here in the Minneapolis, Minnesota area for over 25 years. So she really has firsthand knowledge that you truly need to feed your brain the right foods for long-term brain health. And with that, welcome, Joanne. I'm so excited to be on the air with you. It's great to spend a Saturday morning with you. Thank you, Cassie. Good morning to you and good morning to our listeners. Yes. Definitely good to be here with you today. Well, and it's a great topic. We're both excited (laughs) about this topic. So on that note, do you have any pearls of wisdom that you have found to sort of be core nutritional concepts when it comes to brain health? Yeah, I just wanted to add, kind of to add them to what you said about we used to think um, the brain, you know, wasn't going to continue to develop at a certain point. When I first started working at Courage Center, the field of brain injury and head trauma was so new that they used to think that 
after a year, that was kind of where your body and your brain were going to level out. And just during the time I was there, we saw many, many people go well beyond that in their healing of their brain. So that was really exciting to see. And, And also from a nutritional perspective to know how much we can impact. Right, right. So... Anyway, I love this topic about brain nutrition, um, not only because of my Courage Center years, but um, I love teaching the ADHD seminar that's coming up. I know the positive results nutrition had on my daughter's attention and focus. Um, She is living proof that when you change your nutrition, you can change your brain. It's been so rewarding to see her be able to stay focused, to concentrate, to complete tasks, um, to do a really good job in her in her work, to com- uh, feel good about herself. And I want to stay share some of her successes today. Um, and I would also like you to att- and to invite you to attend the Food Connection to ADHD. That's a seminar that will be held in St. Paul at our um, Snelling Avenue location at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, and we're having that seminar on Saturday, September 29th. I'll be teaching that seminar along with Angela, who is also a parent of a young adult with ADHD. So Angela is an excellent teacher who really knows that brain nutrition works, both from a professional point of view as a high school teacher and from a parent's understanding. So she also understands that not every ADHD adult or child is willing to eat in a manner that supports good brain function. The chips, the pizza, the soda, the cereal bars, and the cookies are always just around the corner waiting to trip us up. But when we know better, we can make an impact. We can do a lot better. Yes, I love that. When we know better, we can do better. And Mm -hmm. I... We have to remember that when we teach our kids these things, you know, don't underestimate that when they have the knowledge, right, they can yeah. make better choices. They can. We all flub up sometimes, but <laughs> we still we need to give them the knowledge so that they have the knowledge to do better. And at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we have another saying, which is learn and then practice what you've learned And I would say then listen to this radio program or take some nutrition classes so you learn some more and practice some more. Mm -hmm. So with all of that said, I think it's time to learn some new things that are really important for your brain function. And we want you to learn these things so you can put them into practice. I think one of the most amazing and little known facts about our brain is that over 60% of its structure is fat. Think about that. Over 60% of your brain is fat. So if you've ever been called a fathead, I mean, really, (laughs) take it as a compliment. That's okay. That's what's supposed to be up there. (laughs) And it's interesting when you read about the science of the brain, because the brain is pretty particular about the type of fat that it uses in nerve functioning, so sending messages. It's also particular about the type of fat that it uses to build its brain structures In fact, when they have studied the brain, they realize, these researchers, that the brain requires fats of specific size, specific length, and specific shape in order to function well. 
you know, the brain is a very complex organ. There's a lot of complex biochemical processes going on up there. So it makes sense that the brain is going to be picky about what types of fats it uses to make up its structure. And I realize this might all be a lot of new information for many of our listeners, but, you know, to think of it in simple terms, I I just think of how fat plays such a vital role in the structure and function of many different parts and systems of our body. It's really pretty remarkable how essential fat is to our overall health. I mean, we even need fat for the retina of our eyes. That's right. It's just, it's amazing all the different parts of our body that need healthy fat on a daily basis. We need fat for all of our nerve centers so that we can send messages and mm-hmm. and that our cells can receive those messages. And of course, if our brain is 60% fat or more, we need fat for a healthy brain. That's right. And your nerves give you the ability to see and to hear, to smell, to touch and to taste. But in order to do all of that effectively, they need that good beneficial fat. Your brain is in control of your mood, your behavior, your emotions, your learning and memory. So it needs fat even more. And the fact that our brain needs fat to function well may be a new concept, but think about it. Our brain is in charge of our life. And this is time for break. So we're going to take a pause here. And you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. We're discussing brain health today. As dietitians and nutritionists, we understand that the brain is 60 to 70% fat. So for good brain health, the first nutrient to include in your diet is healthy natural fat. To maintain good function, we recommend including a tablespoon of healthy fat at each meal and snack. So ideally, you should include at least six tablespoons of fat daily. Thank you for saying at least. At least. Yeah, six tablespoons at the minimum. Six, wait, wait. Yeah, at six, least seven teaspoons. Six tablespoons at least at minimum. We find that some people need even more dietary fat for a period of time to support their brain function. So you may be wondering what types of fats are good for the brain. Stay tuned because after break, Cassie is going to share that list of good fats to include. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. This show is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. If you've been listening since the top of the hour, you heard us say that our brain is made up of over 60% fat. So knowing that, it makes sense, doesn't it, that you want to eat fat, not any kind of fat, but healthy fat throughout the day to give your brain what it needs to function well. And if you've been listening to Dishing Up Nutrition for any length of time, you already know what fats to eat. You know what the healthy fats are. But I'm certain that we have some new listeners out there. So as Joanne mentioned before we went to commercial, I want to give you a list of healthy fats. Now, this is not an exhaustive list, but I'm going to give you some of the main ones to choose from. Again, these are all healthy I'll start with the healthy saturated fats. That would be butter, unrefined coconut oil, my favorite fat to roast vegetables in. So good. Especially so delicious. Lard, 
Lard is another healthy fat, and I often get lard from my neighbor down the street when she renders it from the grass-fed hogs that she gets from a local farmer. So that would be a healthy fat. Also, duck fat would be a healthy saturated fat. Now, personally, I've never cooked with that, but I do know some of our colleagues at Nutritional Weight and Wellness have cooked with duck fat. So those are all healthy saturated fats, but there are other healthy fats like avocado oil and extra virgin olive oil. Those would be good choices. Avocados, nuts, seeds, olives. These are all really healthy fats and you should be including them at every meal and every snack, at least one of them. But it's not enough just to choose those healthy fats. You also want to avoid the bad fats. So if you're not already a a label reader, start reading labels and go right to the ingredient list and see what you find. You want to avoid any products containing refined soybean oil. You want to avoid the corn oil, the canola oil, and also the cottonseed oil. Really, it's all about keeping it simple and eating healthy fats that are as close to their natural state as possible. That's right. That is right. So, Cassie, tell us a little bit more about what kind of brain fats we need. Right. I think it's important to talk about what types of fats... um, you know, because I, I think that many of us are not supplying our brain with the raw materials that it needs. Here's a question I have for the listeners. Are you still following a low-fat diet? If you're following a low-fat or a fat-free diet, you are not giving your brain what it needs to function. Remember, your brain is 60 to 70% fat. If we don't supply sufficient fat to our brain, our brain structure changes and its function changes. So bottom line, if your brain or the brain of your loved one is not operating as well as it should be, you need to change your nutrition to change your brain. That's right. I'm always amazed that at the type of how many people I meet with that are still stuck in the low fat world and are still right. operating under the calories in and calories out mentality. Yes. It, it amazes me because I'm teaching this information for five years. Right. You know, it seems second nature to me, but I have to remind and don't myself you find, the rest of the world isn't there. Exactly. But don't you find, Joanne, if you're having a conversation with somebody, they, they agree with you. They, they've heard that fat is good. And then if you like, like start talking about, well, what type of salad dressing do you use? Right. Oftentimes it's light or low fat. Or if right. you open up the refrigerator, you see the light sour cream. So it's like they get it, but they can't stop buying the low fat. It's really right. an odd exactly conundrum. Right. So did you realize that the type of fat people are eating has changed dramatically over the past 100 years? The amount of brain fat in individuals has declined by 80%. So I'd like to repeat that. A decline of 80%. If we want a brain that functions at its full potential, we have to look closely at the amount of fat we're eating and the types of fat we're eating. It becomes so, so important. And sadly, millions of people in this country are eating a diet of unhealthy fats that are not conducive 
to building a complex, super functioning brain. As dietitians and nutritionists at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we think this is probably the biggest underlying problem when it comes to the increase in behavioral problems that we're seeing, the increase, right, in learning problems. This nation is reaching epidemic proportions of Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we're seeing more and more people with neurological disorders. Again, we really feel like a big underlying piece of the puzzle here is that people are eating a lot of bad fat fats. Right. Right. The real truth here is that a deficiency of healthy fats, healthy fats being things like organic butter, extra virgin olive oil, avocados, a deficiency of healthy fats equals poor brain nutrition. That's right. And unfortunately, people are still being told to cut the fat from their diets. Many people are still preaching the old messages. We know it's so confusing. TV commercials are still promoting low-fat or no-fat foods. Grocery stores are still filled with low-fat or no-fat foods. And even if you go in the yogurt aisle to try to find full-fat yogurt, what do you find? You find 2% and no-fat and no-fat and no-fat. You have to really dig to find the full-fat yogurt. Often those um, no-fat foods are full of sugar. They're low in healthy fats. So even your doctor can still may still be recommending you go on a low-fat diet because that's what they were teaching years ago. Your body needs fat to make the membranes of all your cells, including your brain cells. So your body uses fat as fuel to power your cells. Your body uses fat to combat inflammation. And your brain uses fat so you can think. Yes, and our consistent longtime listeners know that the typical American diet contains very little of this healthy fat that our brain needs to function well. So if you're in your kitchen right now, go to your pantry or walk over to your snack cupboard, open it up, see what you find, read ingredient lists, because much of our processed foods here in the United States contain soybean oil, corn oil, canola oil, cottonseed oil. Those are the four biggest offenders. They are all damaged fats, and so they are damaging to our brain cell membranes. If your brain is made up of some of these processed oils I just mentioned, you might be experiencing memory problems. Maybe you're having trouble focusing, or maybe your anxiety is getting out of control. Or maybe you have attention deficit disorder or you're experiencing OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. If any of these ring true for you, it's time to change your fats, to change your brain. And I think we are going to go to break. But when we come back, we're going to talk more about where these bad fats are lurking. That's right. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition In addition to the good natural dietary fats, our brain needs a special fat to maintain good nervous system function. So omega-3 DHA is the predominant fatty acid in the brain and in the nervous system. The fatty acid DHA is the fat found in breast milk. So when we were born and were breastfed, we started out with that fat. 
Many studies have found children with ADHD have low levels of DHA in their tissues. So there are many behavioral and mood disorders associated with that deficiency of fatty acids, including depression, ADHD, OCD, and anxiety. We consider having sufficient levels of the fatty acid DHA to be very critical for good brain health. We'll be right back. At the end of a busy day, it can be tough to get motivated to get out the door for another obligation. And once you're cozy at home, who wants to go back out? But you still want to work on ways to feel better, and nutritional weight and wellness can make that easier. Right now, their popular Balanced Foods for Balanced Moods class is available online, so you can balance your time, too. This class shows you how to use real food to reduce negative moods, increase energy, improve memory, and manage stress. And did I mention it's delicious? Get the same breakthrough coursework taught by the experts at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, but from your home and on your schedule. Learn how to feel better with the Balanced Foods for Balanced Moods class and do it in your slippers and sweatpants. Sign up today. Go to weightandwellness.com and register in a snap. It's online learning from Nutritional Weight and Wellness that helps you balance your time too. Go to weightandwellness.com. What are you waiting for? Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're just tuning in, I'm Cassie Wienis. I'm in studio this morning with Joanne Rideout. We are both registered and licensed dietitians working for nutritional weight and wellness. And today our topic is centered around brain health. Now, before we went to break, Joanne was talking about the essential fatty acid called DHA. If you're not familiar with this fatty acid, I want to just spend a little bit more time talking about it. You may have noticed if you take a fish oil supplement that in the ingredient list, it will say DHA and EPA. So I think a lot of people know that fish oil contains both of these components, DHA and EPA. And fish oil supplements have been available for quite a long time. But what I find interesting is there is no structural brain requirement for EPA. Yep, that's interesting. Isn't that interesting to stop and think about? And yet a lot of people will quickly grab the fish oil supplement, but there's no brain requirement for EPA. However, the research tells us that DHA is the primary fatty acid for the brain. So remember early on in the show, we said that 60 to 70% of your brain is made up of fat the majority of that 60 to 70% should be DHA. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And DHA supplementation is actually recommended by many researchers during pregnancy and breastfeeding. And also, as we get older, we should consider supplementing with DHA to support good brain function. And Joanne and I could talk for at least another hour just on DHA, but (laughs) we don't have that luxury, right? So if you want to learn more about DHA, I encourage you to check out the book. Your library probably has it called Brain Building Nutrition. It's a bit of an older book. It's been out for decades, but it's still filled with great information. Again, it's called Brain Building Nutrition. And the author is Dr. Michael Schmidt. It's a great resource full of really valuable information. Yeah, that's a great book. So, Cassie, we were talking about 
um, changing your fats to change your brain. And then we're talking about some of the damaging fats. So we want to expand on that a little bit more. So where do you find those damaging fats? Yeah. So if you're not in your kitchen and you can't, you know, scrounge through, through the cupboard and see where those fats might be lurking, let's give us some examples. My first thought, I don't know why this comes to my mind, but Girl Scout cookies. Oh, yeah. If you are the person that, you know, can't say no to that Girl Scout, I don't know why they have to be in those cookies, but you will find some of those bad oils. Again, the the worst offenders being soybean oil, corn oil, cottonseed oil, and canola oil. Mm-hmm. Or have you been through the fast food drive through or, or in a fast food joint in the past week or so? I guarantee you, you've gotten one or or more of those bad oils I just mentioned if you've been eating fast food. Another common one that comes to my mind is if you buy muffins at the bakery at your grocery store or the, the local bakery, wherever that may be, or if you're, you buy donuts, those baked items usually contain a lot of soybean oil. Or maybe you buy your muffin at the local coffee shop. A lot of soybean oil, and that's a damaged fat. And Joanne, you and I were talking before the show that's about right. some deceiving mark, deceiving marketing that's Absolutely. going on, right? Mm-hmm. And we were talking about how avocado mayonnaise is kind of all the rage, and we've even talked about it on this show, right? About how healthy it is, but now everybody and their brother is making avocado mayonnaise, so you have to be careful. Both Joanne and I picked up a well-known brand that said avocado mayonnaise across the front when we were at the grocery store recently. And one of the first oils, one of the first ingredients is is soybean soybean oil. Yep. So they're putting a little splash of avocado oil in there to try to sell their product. But you have to be a food detective and read the ingredient list. So be careful about on the type of mayonnaise you're buying, also salad dressings. Mm-hmm. Most salad dressings will have soybean oil or canola oil in them. And those are bad fats. If you're eating any of these foods, you're eating bad fats, and bad fats are bad for your brain. Yes. And if you're struggling with any of these issues and you really you really want to eat the healthy fats to heal your brain. So we're gonna look deeper into a new topic here of obsessive compulsive disorder, or you might have heard of OCD. Approximately 3% of adults in the U.S. have obsessive compulsive disorder. OCD is an anxiety disorder that is characterized by unwanted fears, obsessions, and beliefs that drive compulsive behavior. Actually, that 3% number, I think, is probably a little low. But That's what I was just thinking. I always think that when I see those numbers. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of unreported, <laughs> I, I would imagine. I agree. So OCD is a common disorder that affects both adults and children. It's usually diagnosed around the age of 19 and can last a lifetime. People with OCD are often fearful they often experience um, recurring and unwanted thoughts, telling them they must carry out certain compulsive behaviors. Otherwise, something bad might happen. And like you said, Joanne, that number, you said 3% of adults in the U.S. have OCD, but I agree with you. It's probably higher. I think there are probably many people listening that have obsessive compulsive disorder, but haven't put a name to it yet or haven't been officially diagnosed so I think we should help them out. 
by defining it even further. So when we think of a compulsive behavior, it really would be any type of ritual that is driven by any sort of obsession. One that comes to my mind right away is if you have to check things repeatedly, like let's say you're going to leave Mm -hmm. to come to the radio station. (laughs) And you have to go back six or seven times to make sure you locked the door to the house. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you have to go back six or eight times to make sure you turned the iron off if you were ironing clothes. Or the stove. Or Or the the stove. That that would be Mm -hmm. OCD. Another example would be completing tasks in a certain way. Like maybe you have to wash a plate three times before you put it in the drying Mm -hmm. rack. Not mm-hmm. two, not four. It has to be three. This, this is OCD, and the the person that's doing it doesn't want to have to do it, but they can't help it. People right. with OCD might also have obsessive thinking, which would be like repeated thoughts or repeated urges that are hard to stop. And probably all of you listening know someone, or maybe you are that person that has an irrational fear of germs, and so. This person has to wash their hands over and over and over until they end up with cracked and bleeding hands. Yep. I have a family member that has a compulsive shopping habit. Mm -hmm. Now, hers hasn't went to the point of hoarding, but we've seen this with clients Mm -hmm. at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, haven't we? They have a compulsive shopping habit and, and it turns into hoarding. They buy all this stuff. And then even if they're not going to use this stuff, they can't part with it. So their shelves pile up with more and more things. And then, you know, pretty soon the bedroom is full of boxes and and books and things that they've bought. So then they move to the office. Then the office becomes full floor to ceiling. So they move to the kitchen and eventually their kitchen is full. And then their whole house is full. I think most people in America have probably seen or heard of the TV show all about the life of a hoarder. It it is true and it's very sad and and when this happens hoarding really takes over that person's life. That's right. So one thing we know is if we change their brain nutrition, we can reduce this OCD or obsessive behavior. We have a wonderful story about a client who carefully follows a no-gluten, no-sugar, and real food plan to help heal her brain. That real food plan has helped her to go from hoarding clothes and books and papers and mail to having a home that now she happily invites her friends to for a healthy meal and an evening of great conversation. Previously, she had to shower at the YMCA because she was so ashamed. That is really sad. Poor lady. So ashamed to let a plumber into her home to fix her shower. Her bathroom was so full of books, which she had never read, but she had bought and brought them home intending to read them. Right. And and like I said, these people don't want to be this way. It's right. dysfunction in their brain. So when we come back, we're going to tell you the happy ending to the story of this lady's hoarding. That's right. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Both Cassie and I have shared that the fatty acid is such an important fatty acid for brain function. 
However, brain or DHA is not only needed for the brain, but it's up to 100% of the fatty acid in your retina. So for good brain health and good eye health, we need DHA. At Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we carry a vegetarian source of a very high-quality DHA supplement that seems to work like magic. My daughter actually takes, um, I think she's taking about three a day right now, um, of these soft gels, but initially she took more. She took four to six in the beginning, very instrumental in helping her balance out her brain. So very helpful for her ADD. It's also very helpful for any kind of brain healing Mm -hmm. or eye healing that you need to do. Um, So again, I invite you to join Angela and me on Saturday, September 29th for the Food Connection to ADD seminar at our St. Paul location from 9.30 a.m. to 1 p.m. We will talk about DHA and so much more. So to sign up or learn more, call 651 699-3438 and we'll be right back welcome back to dishing up nutrition joanne and i are talking about adhd obsessive compulsive disorder and all things related to brain health today there is so much more information though about nutrition and brain health that we could share with you we were just discussing that over break right really this is such a big topic we have less than an hour during this program so we can only give you bits and pieces but i want to say if you would like us to put together a series of classes centered on this topic of brain health please let us know and you can do that by sending us an email at email at weightandwellness.com. That's our main address, email, and then the at sign, weightandwellness.com. Joanne and I, and certainly everybody at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, believe that nutrition for brain health is really valuable information, especially right now with the rise in dementia and Alzheimer's disease in this country. We would love to put together a class series, but you can imagine it takes a lot of work, a lot of research, many, many hours. So before we put in the work, we want to know if people with will come. So again, if that is something that you would be interested in having us do, send us an email. And a couple more bits of housekeeping before we get back to our topic. First, I want to let you know that next week, the fall session of our Nutrition for Weight Loss series starts, and we will be starting that series at each of our seven office locations here in the Minneapolis-St. Paul area. And if you're not familiar with Nutrition for Weight Loss, it's pretty much what it says it is. You will learn to eat real food several times a day in order to not only support your metabolism, but also to support your overall health and to help you lose body fat while maintaining your muscle. And another thing that you'll achieve if you take this Nutrition for Weight Loss series that I think is probably the the golden nugget here is you will learn to get rid of your cravings. So many times I meet people and clients that have great intentions of eating healthy to lose weight or, or just to get healthier and their cravings sabotage them. This series of classes will teach you how you can get rid of your cravings. If you'd like to sign up, you can do that online at weightandwellness.com 
or you can call us at 651-699-3438. And last little bit that I want to let you know before I forget, next week's show is going to be a great one. Next week, we have special guest Anne Louise Gittleman on. It's always a super great program, right? When Anne Louise is on. She's been on several times over the past years. Mm -hmm. As a guest, and there are always great shows. I always learn so much when Anne Louise is on. It will be Dar and Marcy hosting. The topic is radical metabolism. And again, we have special guest Anne Louise Gittleman joining us. That will be this upcoming Saturday, August 25th. Same time, same place. That's right. That's gonna, that's a great topic. So it'll be a great show. So Cassie, we were talking about a client story of a woman who was struggling with hoarding. So tell us more about what changed her brain so that her anxiety reduced and she no longer had the compulsing. Yes. So this client, I will first of all tell you, it wasn't an overnight success. It didn't happen in a day or two. Actually, the entire process took about three years. Mm -hmm. This client attended monthly appointments with her nutritionist at Nutritional Weight and Wellness. The first thing that the nutritionist had her start doing was eating real food six times a day Mm -hmm. and eating real food in balance. Now, the longtime listeners know that when we say balance, we mean choosing a protein, a healthy carbohydrate and a healthy fat. You want those three things at every meal and those three things at every snack. So your proteins would be things like fish or eggs or steak. Carbohydrates, we love it when you can choose vegetables. Those are your best carbohydrates. And then always adding at least a tablespoon of healthy meal, or excuse me, of healthy fat at every meal and Mm -hmm. at every snack. So that's what this client did. She also gave up pop. She only drank water, still is only drinking water. And she started taking a few key supplements. She implemented exercise by starting to ride her bike almost every day of the week. And she slowly became a brand new per- person. And she really worked hard to focus on her ability to be the person that she wanted to be, which meant being free of her intense anxiety and free of her fears. And now here she is three years later, three years of consistently eating six meals a day, protein, vegetable, healthy fat. She really is that new person. She gave her brain the nutrients that it needed to repair, and she gave her body time, and that allowed her to become the person she always wanted to be. I tell you, the power of nutrition is truly amazing. It truly is. But it only works if you put it to work. That's right. And, you know, I just like to throw in, sometimes when we talk about client stories, it it may, may feel like, okay, that's what you do for that condition. But what you just described, Cassie, of real food six times a day, that works for any kind of brain condition. That yes. is our, and or inflammation, you know, any kind. It's really a very healing type of food plan. It, so we yes, recommend that. It increases energy, get ri- gets yep. rid of bad moods, helps you sleep better, all yep. kinds of things when exactly. you implement that way of eating. So earlier in the show, I promised I would share my daughter's success story. So I'm going to spend a couple minutes on that here. 
So my daughter was in second grade when her sis, her teacher suggested that she be tested for ADD. And she wasn't fidgety, so it wasn't something I would expect. But once I learned more about the inattentive type of attention deficit disorder, that started making sense to me. She often didn't hear when she was called on in class. She became very self-conscious because she couldn't answer the question. She didn't hear the question. Um, School years were definitely a struggle. Of course, we tried Ritalin and followed the doctor's recommendation on that. We tried a few other meds when Ritalin didn't seem to be working so well. Still, no matter what we did, the homework type of day, time of day when the meds were wearing off was such a struggle. And you can't really reboot with more medication at that time of day or they don't sleep at all. Mm -hmm. So that is a huge struggle and was all of those years. So she ended up having lots of trouble sleeping, Um, you know, throughout her school years uh, in high school. Of course, she rebelled some. She didn't want to take her meds. Um, But after high school, she stopped her meds completely. She did try a vegan diet for a while. That wasn't a very good plan, but she learned it the hard way that that wasn't going to help. She did start exercising. The exercise did, did help. And about five or six years ago, she did start changing her food to eat more protein, more healthy fats, and vegetable carbs. And she even really focused on lots and lots of healthy fat, lots of avocado. She was doing some protein shakes. Um, She started taking probiotics. I I was helping her by kind of coaching to take some probiotics. Um, Also to take that very important DHA DHA. for her brain. Um, So that helped her focus a lot. I've not only not only heard that from my daughter, I've heard that from a lot of clients that that DHA really makes a difference. And if your brain is deficient, you are going to notice because you're going to start focusing. I give it to my daughter and that's another day, another story. But it it helps. Yeah, it, it, does, it makes it sense if help. it's the majority of the fat that your brain should be of made course. up of. Yep. She also added magnesium glycinate for sleep and anxiety. Um, so she's doing very well. We need to have a whole show just on her. Uh-oh. What a success story. <laughs> so our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. Eating real food is life-changing. Thank you for listening and have a wonderful day. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio. The content and opinions expressed are those of the hosts or presenters. They are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Product statements have not been evaluated by the FDA.